the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. All right, 1135 on 98.9 The Answer. Vince Tornado in for Bruce Hooley. Looking out the window here, kind of chilly, kind of gloomy. Certainly doesn't help the spirits when uh, we've got all these things going on in the news. I happened to be, uh, last May, I was in Orlando at this massive hotel that would have been quite uh, easy to get lost in. It was the uh, National Religious Broadcasters Convention. I was able to, uh, bless, to uh, spend some time with a man named Adriel Sanchez. Adriel is the uh, pastor of the North Park Presbyterian Church in San Diego. He is the host of a great podcast and radio show called Core Christianity, where uh, he gets questions from listeners every day. Uh, and uh, if I did that, Adriel, uh, I would be riddled with anxiety and burnt out every day. So, uh, so welcome to the show, man. Great to talk to you again. Yeah, it's great to, to speak with you again as well. And, and I did get lost a couple times in that hotel. Yes, absolutely. I, I was like, man, I hope I gave him the right direction so we could connect and meet up. But it eventually, it eventually did uh, did work out. So let me just say first, Adriel, like your your show. I, I think I think one of the challenges that I and I don't want to embarrass you, but I guess I'm going to do it anyway. You know, one of the things that uh, I get frustrated with with a lot of uh, popular media today is that so much of it is sensationalized, induces a lot of panic and fear. And when you address complicated and uh, scary things like, you know, whether it's related to, uh, you know, things in the news or prophecy or things like that, it feels very um, level-headed. Uh, and I think one of the uh, uh, core pieces uh, to your show is the fact that so you look at things from a, a very uh, uh, solid point of view. So uh, to be honest, man, uh, not to be a fanboy in here, uh, your, uh, your show has been a blessing to my walk in this time. So I really appreciate it. Yeah, that means a lot, and, and I appreciate the encouragement. I know for us, um, it's it's sticking to our convictions, um, but also wanting to communicate those convictions with compassion and people along because we know that there is a lot of a lot of fear, um, a lot of fanning the flames. Which which I mean, frankly, just as a minister and as a pastor, I want to I want to help people with their fears. I don't want to I don't want to create more fears, and uh, I think that I think that the Bible has a lot to say about that, and so really is a privilege to to get to do what we do. So with that fear note, has that been a theme of a lot of the questions you've been getting on core Christianity? Oh, for sure. I mean, I mean, you know, since, since the pandemic, but then even just, just recently with the things that are happening in the Middle East, um, people call in and are very concerned and wanting to know, you know, is this, is this, does the Bible speak to these things and, and what should I be doing? right now um, as a person of faith and and so yeah I mean especially you know as as you know the things in the news um, you know, people see images and, and whatnot we, we have been getting a lot of those those phone calls so I guess the the, the thing that I, w- I would say is like I look at this and and it's the age-old question of like why would God allow bad things happen to quote-unquote 
you know, good people? Why would God allow an attack to happen on his people, the people that, uh, that, that, that are his own? So how would, how would you respond to that? Yeah. Well, it, it is the age-old question. Um, I, I like to, I mean, in, you know, if you listen to Core Christianity, you know that we're, we're always going to, to Scripture to try to answer questions, uh, to see if there's, there's an answer in God's Word. And with that question in particular, you know, when you see terrible suffering, um, horrific things happening in the world, and, and you, you can't make sense of it, you know, one of the first things we want to do is say, why? What was the reason for this? Was there was there who's to blame? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and sometimes you know, a lot of times on, on the broadcast, I'll just say, well, well, part of it is the, the heart of man and evil. I mean, you think about what Hamas did and and um, just absolute evil, and and it's it's senseless. You can't you can't really make sense of it. But there is one text of scripture that I've been thinking about recently um, in the Gospels and in, in the Gospel of Luke in Luke chapter thirteen. There's a, there's an occasion where a group comes to Jesus and they ask him about uh, this this horrific massacre that had taken place, a number of Galileans were were killed by Pilate uh, in the in the process of offering sacrifices, and and you know they're coming to Jesus and they're saying, okay, well, why did this happen? Were they terrible sinners? Was God blaming them for something? Um, and and Jesus doesn't really answer their question. He doesn't answer the why question. He does say. Um, all of us are accountable to God, and unless you likewise repent, you too will perish. And so he, he kind of he kind of flips the the direction of everything, and he points at the person asking the question, and he says, "Look, um, I mean, this is the, the the great reality that we we all know. All of us are going to be confronted with death. Um, how are you before God?" And that's essentially what Jesus says to them. He doesn't say, "Well, yeah, they were terrible sinners. That's why it happened," or um, he doesn't. He doesn't give that answer. He sort of. He sort of repurposes the question, and and so I, I think that sometimes you know we can say God is, God is sovereign. We believe that He's in control. We also know that there is great evil in the world that God does not approve of, um, and that God is going to judge it. And and so we hold on to those truths. I say that that you know the scriptures make very clear. Um, and then we cling to the hope that God is indeed going to judge the evil in the world, and that He is good, and that He's able to make, and this is what the Apostle Paul says, He's able to make all things work together for the good of those who are called according to His purpose. And so, um, so you know, <laughs> I, I'm, not, I'm not giving a, a direct answer to the, to the why question there, but I, I think sometimes it's just wise to say um, we don't have all the answers, and yet we, we do have hope that we can cling to even in the midst of the questions. Well, I think it, it's, it's a tough question, um, you know, to, to ponder. Like, why would God allow this attack in Israel to happen? Because ultimately, you know, we can't approach the throne room. I mean, for, for crying out loud, I mean, Isaiah saw a throne room and he collapsed uh, in, in, yeah. in conviction uh, just by seeing the hem of God's robe. And so I think of that often as, is, is just that, um, that, that reaction. So it's not like we can, we can say, uh, you know, pull up a chair, God, and let's talk about this. Like, it, not, no, it's, it's not how it works, oh, yeah, kids. Yeah, I think also, Job is a great, I mean, part of the wisdom literature, but you also think of Job's questions. I mean, here's a guy who yeah. experienced horrific suffering, and he's got all these questions, and at the end of the book of Job, it's, the answer that God gives us, hey, were you there when I laid the foundation of the earth? And it's sort of this, you're the creature, I'm the creator. Um, and so there's an element in which I think we're called 
to trust in God and to place our confidence in the fact that He is good and just and will indeed punish injustice. Um, but we don't have all the answers, at least not right now. And so, um, so I mean, that, that's, that's difficult. That, that, that really is difficult. But I think we're being called to trust in the Lord. And I think as we're being called to trust in the Lord, we can still say, hey, that was evil. That was wrong. Yeah. God is against that. You know, he's revealed in, in his word. His will is, is, is against those, those kinds of acts of terrorism, those, those abominable acts. Um, and he will judge, and so and so we look to the Lord and and pray that God does in fact bring about justice. I, then I guess my question would be, you know, if we are praying for justice, how do we know in our hearts what the difference is between justice and wanting vengeance? Because I think that line could be incredibly thin. Yeah. Yeah, well, and, and then you think about what Jesus says in the Sermon on the Mount, you know, pray for your enemies, those who, who persecute you um, and mistreat you. And so I, I think, one, a part of longing for justice, you know, it's not always... It, it, part of the reason we want justice is because we care about the innocent. Sure. Um, and so out of a love for those who are being harmed, out of a love for the innocent, we say, God, execute justice. For their good. Now, that doesn't mean that we just we, we you know we want people to be condemned. No, uh, you know you think of Saul of Tarsus um, there when when Stephen was being martyred, and yeah. um, and and the hope that we have that even those who are the great enemies of the church that God can work in their hearts as well. Um, so so I think we have that, but at, but at the same time there is this tension of saying God bring you know let your kingdom come. Yeah. Um, let your kingdom come. And we know that when that kingdom comes, ultimately, it's fullness. I mean, there, there's judgment there. When Jesus returns, yeah. there is judgment. And yet we long, we long for that justice and peace that the scriptures talk about to fill the whole world. And, and it will fill the whole world. Let's, that, uh, let's that, pause that, on that, Adriel, real quick. We'll be right back after the break. Adriel Sanchez, my guest right now, right here on 98.9 The Answer. Vince Toledo in for Bruce Hooley here on 98.9 The Answer, talking with uh, somebody who I would consider a friend. It is Adriel Sanchez. He is the host of a great podcast called Core Christianity. Also, uh, he is the pastor of North Park Presbyterian Church in San Diego. So uh, three hours behind. Uh, so thanks for waking up. Maybe uh, I'm sure you've gotten up many hours early uh, because uh, you have five children. But uh, thanks for joining the show today, Adriel. Be here. And, and yeah, I was up pretty early with five kids they're they're all they're up all night basically so <laughs> oh yeah man oh yeah so uh during the break um you know before the break we were uh, talking about um the uh, the desire between because vengeance is the lord's you know it's 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 not in our hands but 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 justice is a is a very biblical concept and i guess to kind of wrap that up you, you, were, you were talking about you know it is not wrong to want justice for somebody to uh, for somebody to uh, receive payment for what they um, have done, to, to receive uh, consequences for what they have done. But I think, I think the difference, and correct me if I'm wrong here, the difference between wanting justice and wanting vengeance is vengeance almost is more of a selfish thing. Like, I, I, I want to see them, I want to see what, get what's coming to them. And justice is more of a realization that, you know, God will ultimately hand that out. Would that be correct, or what do you think? 
Yeah, no, I, I think absolutely. And I mean, we have to ask ourselves, you know, are, are we like are we like Jonah with the Ninevites? You know, we wouldn't want to see these people come to faith and repentance. Um, no, we, we, I mean, we want that. But I also think justice, part of the longing for justice, is um, not so much to see other people really get what's coming to them, but, you know, for the sake of those who are oppressed, um, for the sake of those who are suffering. And so there are, there are really good motives, reasons for saying, Lord, bring an end to this. Um, hear the cry of the oppressed. And, and of course, it's never the job of the Christian to execute that justice. That's where, you know, like, like Paul says in, in the Book of Romans, vengeance is mine, says the Lord, I will repay. And so it's our job to do good to those who persecute us, to our enemies even, and, and Jesus makes that very clear in the Sermon on the Mount. Um, but, but I think you're, you're right on with, with that distinction there. I appreciate that very much. Uh, I, I try, man. <laughs> um, so... Um, the the attack and I heard this on on your podcast and I thought it was a very helpful answer. There's there's a lot of people out there saying you know, uh, you know tomorrow is the end of the world and all these things. Um, and, and I felt that your response to this question was helpful and I wanted, um, um, this to be told to to the audience here in Columbus. Uh, and the question was this: Was the Hamas attack on Israel prophesied in the Bible? And the challenge with this is there's a lot of people out there who are are good folks, people who love Jesus, who could say, oh, absolutely, it was. Uh, and there are some people who say, eh, not quite. What do you say? Yeah, well, I say that there have been attacks on Jerusalem that were prophesied in the Bible. Um, you think of, you know, Matthew chapter 24, that's very clear. Jesus is talking there about the destruction in part of of Jerusalem, the temple, the disciples come to them, and they're, they're you know, they're struggling. They're, they're, they're looking at the temple and saying, wow, it looks so beautiful. Um, but Jesus says, hey, this thing is going to be torn down, and in 70 AD that happened. And so I think sometimes because we, we see those things in Scripture, people just assume, you know, all attacks are, are you know, this was, this was talked about in, in Scripture. I, I wouldn't say that, you know, the Hamas attack in particular was something that was prophesied. You can't go to Isaiah and, yeah. or Jeremiah and say, okay, this is where that's being spoken about. But the Bible is clear that there are going to be wars and battles and, and these kinds of calamities up until the point that our Lord returns. And so it does give us resources for thinking about these things and, and really comfort um, in the midst of them. And so I, I don't think that we need to, you know, sensationalize things. They will, you know, this is this is it. We're, we're in the end because of this particular attack. Um, I think we can say, man, you know, John says in First John, we've been, we've been, you know, the spirit of the Antichrist is already at work. We've, we've been in the end um, for some time, so how are we called to live in light of that, clinging to the grace of God and doing good to the people around us uh, in honor of the Lord? We need to cross the finish line, uh, accelerating, brother. Yeah, well, amen. And, and I think that, you know, for, for, for many people, the, the, the feeling is, okay, things are so bad, we just need to sort of, you know, we need to isolate, we need to huddle, we need, we need to get in the, the quote-unquote shelter. It, I've, I've always been just so amazed by what Peter says in First Peter chapter 4, and he says, the end of all things is at hand, therefore, be sober-minded for the sake of your prayers. And then he goes on, he says, you know, be hospitable, continue to, to extend love. He says the kinds of things we wouldn't expect someone to say who had just said the end of all things is at hand. He says, look, continue to pray, continue to be hospitable, right? You know, have yeah. your neighbor over for, for dinner, um, and continue to love. Yeah, so so when all hell's breaking loose, hey, you want to come over? Let's throw on a movie. You know, let's be hospitable here. <laughs> yeah. 
not not that's, to not that's to right. that's right. Not to make light of it, obviously, but, but it, it, it's, it's a humorous way to think about how, um, you know, in a way, it's almost saying, hey, go about your business, and God's going to go about his business. Let God's business be his business, and let ours be ours. That's right. And I think there's such a freedom there, isn't, isn't there? I, mean, it's, I can continue Here's to live God. my life knowing that God is good and, and that he's in control, and I can be faithful to him. I don't have to be afraid. I don't have to flee or run. I can be faithful trusting in him. And I think that's what, what he wants us to do um, at all times, and, and especially at times like this. What's uh, what's a couple of verses here in the, you know, about a minute and a half we got left here. What are some things that you currently go to for comfort that uh, kind of sustain you during some, some troublesome times here that we're in? Went to the Psalms, man. I, I love the yeah. book of Psalms. And of, of course, in the midst of tragedy, you have all of those Psalms of lament, where you can yeah. really identify with the words of the psalmist. But the sort of the classic, just in recent days for me, Psalm 23, you know, being led by the, the still waters and finding rest, our, our good shepherd who provides a table for us, even in the presence of our enemies, so that, you know, if we're in the valley of the shadow of death, or that's how it feels, God is with us there. That has been a real comfort, comfort to me in, in recent days. Yeah, I think uh, you can. Uh, it's like radio. I come from a from a radio background, of course, and I think of just uh, sometimes, you know, uh, you know, you just want to hear the standard hit. You know, you, you you just you don't need to play a deep cut or anything. Let's just go to the standard hits, and and yeah, I mean, it's it's God's book for crying out loud. So the standard right. hits are going to be pretty darn good. That's right, and th- there's a reason that they're the standard hits, man, because they just hit so so well over and over again. So Psalm 23, I would say, yeah, for for those who are really you know, concerned right now, man. Go, go, and find a find a place to sit down and read Psalm twenty three, and memorize it too. I think I think one of the challenges that I even have in this time too, Adriel, is is you know rerouting your thinking to to not ignoring what's happening, having a healthy balance of being aware, but also rerouting your thinking with the power of Scripture. Because one thing that I've been thinking about is you know Jesus was tempted and he quoted Scripture. So if it's if, if quoting Scripture is sufficient for the Son of God, it, it's it's sure as heck sufficient for us. Oh, we, that's one thing we've seen on the broadcast is biblical illiteracy is huge right now in the Church. Yeah. So we really need to recover a high view of Scripture, and one of the ways we can do that is by meditating on it. Psalm 23, you know, that's at the heart of the Psalms as well. And so I, I'm, I'm with you 100%, and I hope, I hope your listeners take that to heart. We need God's Word in times like this. Oh, absolutely. So where can folks get your podcast, Core Christianity? What do we got to do to uh, get hip to what you're doing? Look it up on poorchristianity.com or wherever you get, you know, whether it's, uh, you know, the Apple podcast app or whatever it is. Look us up, Core Christianity, you know, every day, Monday through Friday, answering live questions about the Bible and the Christian faith and wanting to equip people uh, in God's Word to deal with the difficult times that we're in. Adriel Sanchez, the host of Core Christianity. Thank you, brother. We'll talk again soon, I'm sure. Hey, Vince. Thank you, friend. God bless All right, same to you as well. We'll be right back with a a new organization coming out with some uh, interesting children's programming that you might be interested in. We'll talk about that coming up right here on the Bruce Hooley Show. It's Vince Tornado in for Bruce. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.